the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is sponsored by Church of the Redeemer in Gatorsburg, Maryland. Welcome to Practical Living with Dale O'Shield, Senior Pastor of Church of the Redeemer in Maryland. We pray that through this message, you will learn how to apply God's Word and truth to your life. Stay with us as we discover God's truths that will transform us. When Jesus brought you into his kingdom, he brought you into a relationship with God to create purpose for your life, to create a blessed life for you. And this is described many places, but one of those places is John chapter 10, verse 10, where Jesus said, the thief, that's the devil, comes to steal and kill and destroy. That's what he will do to your life. But Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. That little phrase, more abundantly, is a very significant phrase because it's not just an abundant life, it is a more abundant life. Jesus came to give you more of a life than you could ever have apart from him. And so in this series, we're talking about how to step into this more life. Because while Jesus promises this to us and provides it for us, there are commitments that we must make, there are decisions that we must make in life that will put us on the pathway to the more abundant life. You have choices that will guide you in that direction. One of those choices is the choice to say, I will grow stronger. I'm going to become a strong person in my faith, a strong person in my relationship with God. If you do not gain strength in your spiritual journey, you will miss the more life that God has for you. And so this decision is critical. It is so vital. I will grow stronger. Say it together with me. I will grow stronger. And one of the areas where you need to grow strong is in your spirit. The Apostle Paul talked about this in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 16. In fact, it's a prayer that he prayed. I'm going to ask you to circle some words as we go through this. He says, I pray that from his, that's God's, glorious unlimited resources, that he, God, will empower you with inner strength. Would you circle that phrase? With inner strength through his spirit. Paul says, one of my prayers for you on a consistent basis is that in the deepest part of your being, in your innermost being, there will be strength. You will be strong in spirit, strong in spirit. Now, what does it mean to be strong in spirit? When God made you and me, he created us in his image. There are three parts to your being, just like God is one, but three, three in one, the Trinity, God, the Father, God, the Son, God, the Holy Spirit. You're made in his likeness, and there are three dimensions to you. That's your spirit, which is the deepest part of your inner being. That's where you relate to God. That's where God relates to you down in the depths of your being, your spirit. And then there is your soul, your mind, your will, and your emotions. And both your spirit and your soul are eternal. They will last forever. 
Your spirit and soul, if you know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of your life, when you die, they go to be in the presence of God. Jesus said, I prepared a place for you. And so the place is for those that know him. And so if you know Christ, then your spirit and soul are secure for eternity. If you do not know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of your life, that is the way, Jesus being the way, the truth, and the life to the Father, then we spend an eternity separated from God. Nothing worse than you could imagine than to spend all eternity separated from the God that created you. And so as believers in Jesus Christ, we have this eternal portion of our being, our spirit and our soul. And then, of course, you carry your spirit and soul around in your body. And your body is important. Your body is the tent. You're going to lay it aside one day. It's not going to go with you to heaven. In fact, the good news is one day you'll get a brand new glorified body. Anybody looking forward to that day, right? I've already put my order in. How about you? Okay. So there'll be a day that this body will disappear. You'll have a glorified body that you'll experience. So we'll have the eternal capacity. But this body is limited in time and space and place. But the important thing for us, if we're going to be all that God wants us to be, is to make sure that we are strong, especially in spirit. Why is this important? Because this is the core of who you are. Your spirit affects who you are in your soul. It affects how you live your life in your body. And so strength in your spirit is vital. How do you become strong in spirit and why is it important? If you are missing strength in your spirit, you can't bounce back from the things that will come your way in life. God wants you to be strong in spirit. So there's a bounce, a resiliency to your life. Now, how does this happen? Well, the Apostle Paul wrote to Timothy these words in 1 Timothy chapter 4 that I think provides us sort of a framework today to talk about how to gain strength in spirit. Workouts in the gymnasium are useful, but a disciplined life in God is far more so, making you fit both today and forever. Notice that little phrase, a disciplined life in God. That key word there is disciplined. And the idea of discipline involves another concept or word and that we've been using in this series. It's the word exercise. The Apostle Paul says, workouts in the gymnasium are useful to your body as if you do the exercise, but a disciplined life in God that is doing your spiritual exercises is far more valuable and far more important. It will make you strong in your spirit. It'll build you up on the inside. So getting stronger in your spirit involves doing the right exercises. So what I want to do today is I want to give you three exercises that will build you up in your spirit. Number one, the first thing that is essential if you're going to be strong in spirit is you need to pray every day. If your relationship with God falters in any way, if you are missing that relationship or if it begins to slip in any manner, all your other relationships will slip as well. And the quality of your relationship with God will be determined by the consistency and depth of your communication with Him. And the good news about God is that God has made himself available to us. He is available anytime you want to talk to him, 24-7, 365. I've never dialed up God and got a busy signal. He said, if you will draw near to me, I will draw near to you. Call on me and I will answer you. So there's this responsibility that we have to lean toward God, to call on God, to talk to God. 
And talking to God is not about fulfilling. And prayer is not about fulfilling some religious ritual or some duty list that you have every day. Okay, I did that. Let me check that off my list. It's about building your relationship with Him. And when you move beyond the point of saying, I have to pray to I want to pray, then you're on the right track. I want to spend time with God every day. Now, Jesus talked about this in Matthew chapter 6, verse 6. But when you pray... Notice he said, when you pray, not if you pray, but when you pray, go away by yourself, shut the door behind you and pray to your father in private. Then your father who sees everything will reward you. When you pray, don't babble on and on as the Gentiles do. They think their prayers are answered merely by repeating their their words again and again. Don't be like them for your father knows exactly what you need even before you ask him. Pray like this. This is the Lord's Prayer. It's it's in the New Living Translation. Our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today the food we need and forgive us our sins as we have forgiven those who sin against us. And don't let us yield to temptation, but rescue us from the evil one. So Jesus said "There's there's some dimensions to prayer that will build your spirit, that will build your relationship with God. So what I want to do for the next few moments is I want to talk to you about how you can begin to build a daily pattern of prayer in your life. How can you pray effectively every day in such a way that your spirit is benefited by it, that your spirit gets stronger? So here's some things you need to do. Number one, set a time to pray. Now you say, well, I don't know if I have time. Here's the problem. Often we think that it's got to be a great amount of time. And some folks never start because they think as though they've got to spend hours every day praying. It's like if you were going to become a runner and thought the first day you had to run a marathon. No, you don't. You don't have to start with a marathon. What you start with is something that, you, that is doable in your life. And it might be three minutes. It might be five minutes. It might be ten minutes. But there's a dedicated time every day. I would much prefer, in my experience and training Christians over the years, I would much prefer see someone spend five minutes every day praying than 30 minutes or an hour once a week because the consistency is extremely valuable in your life. And so I believe that every person here can find at least five minutes a day to pray. Then create a space and a place. Where where are you going to pray? And so Jesus said, go into the closet and shut the door. You need a private place where you can open your heart to God. I don't know where that is for you, but maybe it's in your car driving to work. Maybe it's when the kids go to bed. You can go to a separate room or just pull aside from everybody else and put your phone away and put all those distractions away and turn the television off and say, I'm going to spend this amount of time, just five minutes or ten minutes with God in prayer. Create a space and a place. And thirdly, don't be, don't be religious. Be real when you pray. A lot of folks think that when I pray, I've got to pray something like this. Oh, thou is God in highest heaven. Hearest thou me? Okay. And God says, who, who are you talking to? Okay. We get into these religious things that we have to be really religious. You don't have to be religious when you pray. You just have to talk to God. That's all it is. And when you realize that I can be real with God, if you don't believe that you can be real with God, read the book of Psalms. The book of Psalms is full of very real prayers. Then follow a prayer plan. Jesus said, pray like this. And he gave us the Lord's Prayer. Many times I've taught on the the principles of the Lord's Prayer. I'm not going to do that today. I'm sure that I will do it again in the future. But I want to give you a very simple prayer plan that you can use every day of your life. And it can easily, you can pray five to ten minutes every day with this prayer plan that I'm going to give you in a way that will be non-religious and very effective. 
How many of you uh, have seen pictures before of praying hands? Have you seen the pictures before of praying hands? What do they look like? Help me out. Left hand is who to pray for. Right hand is what to pray. Who and what? Okay. Start with the left hand. <clears throat> who to pray for? What finger is closest to you? Your thumb, right? And what is it closest to? Your heart, right? And so the first thing who you pray for, pray for people who are closest to your heart, your family, your friends, the people that you love, that you have meaningful relationships with. So you start your prayer, God, I'm going to pray today for, and begin to pray for the people that are closest to your heart. The next thing to pray for, notice this finger, what is that finger often used for? Pointing, exactly right. So you pray for people who are helping point the way in your life. Pray for your pastor. Pray for those that are over you, that are leading you and guiding you and helping you to learn things that you need to learn, that God would give them wisdom and that God would use them to help point the way in your life and give you the guidance and direction that are necessary, that is necessary for your life. The longest finger on your hand represents extension or it represents influence. And so you pray for the people in our world who have influence. There are people all around the world that have great influence. And then this, this next finger is called your ring finger. It's the weakest finger on your hand. And so you pray for, who do you pray for? You pray for the people who are weak. Those that are going through trouble and difficulty. You may know them by name or you may know of the challenges people are facing. And so you pray for people who are weak and struggling in their life, sick going through times of bereavement, whatever it might be. And then what's the, the smallest finger on your hand all about? It's that little pinky and you pray for yourself, okay? So put yourself last, okay? Don't put yourself first, okay? All of us, we go to God and, oh God, help me with this and help me with that and help me with the other thing. And by the time we're done praying, we haven't prayed for anybody else except ourselves. So you include yourself last, okay? So you say, now I'm going to pray for me. Now, what do I pray for me? Let's go to the right hand. Are you ready? Again, what, what's, where's the thumb? It's closest to what? Your heart. So you pray for your heart. God, I'm asking that you'll help me to keep my heart clean. That God, you'll clean my heart out of stuff that I shouldn't allow in. See, the devil, when he starts to work in your life, you know what he goes after first? Your heart. Why? Because he knows if he can get in your heart. That's why the Bible says, guard your heart above all things, for out of it flow the issues of life. So God, clean out my heart. God, protect my heart. God, show me things in my heart that I need to know are there. And then your pointing finger, let it be about your priorities. God, help me to keep my priorities straight. Because if my priorities get messed up, then I'm going to be messed up. What should I be focusing on in my life, in my work, in my family? What is the focus that I need to give attention to? And so what's that's the pointing dimension of your life? And then pray for your influence, that your influence for the kingdom would grow, that God would use you in greater measure. And then again, you come to the ring finger, and just like other people have weakness in their life, you have weakness, and so you pray for your weaknesses. Everybody has some weakness that God's trying to help you with right now. And you've got to be aware of them and begin to bring them to God. And then your, your, your final, your little finger on that hand, let it be a reminder to pray for your needs, your physical needs, your material needs. It's appropriate to pray for physical and material needs. Jesus said, give us today our daily bread. So you pray for those things. So anytime you kneel down to pray, let me know you can pray at least five minutes a day praying like that. Amen. 
It's a really simple way to do it. So each time you kneel to pray, you may not continue this pattern, but it will get you started, okay? It'll get you moving in a good direction, okay? Let's go to the next one. The next thing you do is you listen for life lessons. While you're praying, you stop for a moment and listen and try to let God speak to you, and then you pray throughout your day. You don't walk out of your prayer closet and forget God. You take God with you into your day, and you breathe prayers throughout your day. That's why Paul said in 1 Thessalonians 5, 17, pray all the time or pray without ceasing. So prayer builds your spiritual muscles. Prayer will grow you in strength where in your spirit. Number two, the second thing to build your spirit is to take time to eat. Spiritually feed yourself. What God wants to happen in your life is that He wants you to grow into the capacity to be a self-feeder. And self-feeding spiritually, this feeding process has two dimensions to it. Let me talk about these two dimensions. Dimension number one is feeding together with the family. I spend a portion of my week as your pastor trying to get a word from God, trying to have something that I can feed you on the weekends and to share. So I prepare meals. That's my job as your pastor to prepare a meal for you. When you get your little handout every week, that's your plate. But you must understand that you will not benefit from a family meal if you're not at the table. You got to come to the table. That's why being at church is so important in your life. That when you come to church, you're saying, I'm coming to the family table. I believe that God has helped our pastor to give us something that will feed us this week, that will challenge us this week. And you, so you come anticipating with appreciation the meal that has been prepared for you and then diving in and eating it. It makes a difference in your life. Notice Hebrews 10 verse 25. We should not stop gathering together with other believers as some are doing. Instead, we must continue to encourage each other even more as we see the day of the Lord approaching or coming. And so this is family meal time. But I will tell you, you need to eat more than once a week. If all you do is eat one time a week, you're going to be emaciated. And you can't expect to come to church and get everything that you need at church. You ought to be at church. You ought to come when the meal's prepared. It ought to be a high priority on your life. You need to say, I'm not going to miss church unless something absolutely keeps me away. I'm going to be in God's house. However, you need, there are six more days out of the week where you need food. And so who's going to feed you? I cannot come to everybody's house every week, every day. Now, we provide resources for you. There's a video devotional that I do every day during the week, and they're all kind of blogs that we do and resources of that nature, and that's beneficial to you. But you've got to be the eater, if you will, at home. You've got to pull up to your own table. You've got to lay some things before you. You've got to feed yourself during the week. So how does that happen? Let me mention some things very quickly. Of course, you've got to have the time and place. We've talked about that. And then second of all, you have to decide on a devotional plan. This is what I want to talk about just for a moment here. How do you do devotions? Again, you're going to pray, give him at least five minutes a day, and then you're going to spend time in his word at least five minutes. So that's 10 minutes out of your day. You say, I don't know if I can do that. Yes, you can. You can find 10 minutes in your day to give to God. Is God worthy of 10 minutes of your day? Oh, he's the one giving you life and breath. He's worth far more than that. But if you're getting started on the journey, you can find, everybody here can find 10 minutes every day. Again, it might be in your car driving. One way is to read through the Bible in a year. Your annual reading Bible, annual Bible reading plans. 
And that's, that's, a, that's a good thing to do. It's always good to read through the Bible. There are also devotional guides, great devotional guides out there. I've written three devotional guides. Another one will be coming out in a few months. It's called Espresso for the Spirit. And it's just about a five-minute reading every day. They'll focus you on a scripture verse. And devotional guides are valuable too. But do something. Everybody say do something, okay? Do something. If it's just reading a verse or reading a few verses, you do something that will get you started for at least five minutes a day. All right? The next thing that's important to do is to ask God to bless your time of study when you're reading the Bible or doing a devotional reading. Say, God, help me. It's great to have the author in the room when you're reading a book, isn't it? And the good news is when you're reading the Bible, the author is with you. Invite him to, to breathe upon your time. And then read, reflect, and apply. I'm going to give you some words here. Everybody still with me so far? All right, good. All right. When you're reading to feed, as you're reading through, you're going to ask yourself some questions. What am I reading? What did this Bible verse just say? What was before it? What was after it? What is this all about? So you get the content and context. At least you have some comprehension. And so you start with asking the question, okay, I read love is patient, love is kind. What is this all about? What is it? Where does it fit? And what Paul was writing there? What is it? What is the verse? And then... So what? Why is this important? I know what I just read. Love is patient. Love is kind. Well, so what? What's the big deal about this? Oh, wow. Yeah, it is a big deal. That leads you to application. And that is the third question to ask yourself as you read. That is, now what? Okay? So you're reading your Bible. What did I just read? Okay? I'm going to stop and think about what I read there. And then... So what? Why is this important? And then now what? When I get up from reading this, now what am I going to do differently because I just read it? So this is a way that you bring application to your Bible reading because here's the key. You don't want to... Devotional reading is not just about getting you more information about the Bible. It is leading you to revelation about the Bible. So there's application in your life that leads to transformation, okay? So the information becomes revelation that becomes application application that becomes tr- that becomes transformation. Can you say that back to me? Probably not, okay? But you got the idea, right? Because it's only what you are, what is revealed to you, get it. Oh, now I see that. And then now here's what I'm going to do with it and then it transforms your Life. And then the next couple of things as we're moving forward here is to make sure that you write down some things. I'm a big believer in journal writing. I could talk about that and will some other time. Review what you're learning. Share what you've been learning with other people. There are a whole bunch of verses there that I've given you about the value of feeding yourself that you can take time to read on your own. Let me take you to the third and final thing that is essential if you want a strong spirit. How many of you want to be strong in spirit? Let me see your hands. Come on. Do you want to be strong in spirit? The third thing that you have to do is this, selflessly and sincerely, and when possible, secretly, serve someone every day. One of the biggest enemies in your life, in my life, is the enemy of our selfish self. Everybody has one. At the core of our being and our self, we are selfish. And when you and I live based upon our selfish self, when we think about self, it makes us weaker, makes us smaller. Anytime you focus on you and you only... It shrinks your life. But to become spiritually stronger, you have to address, you have to challenge your selfish self. And one of the best ways to put to death your selfish self is by doing something every day that truly serves someone else in some way 
that, is, that you get no benefit from. It's not about you, but you're doing something for the benefit or, or sake of someone else that you're not looking for applause from. In fact, you're even happier if nobody knows about it. Then notice what the Bible says in 1 Peter 4, verse 10. Each of you should use. Circle that word, use. You use something, it means you're doing something with it. Each one of you should use whatever gift you have received for what purpose? To do what? To serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. And so when God gave you giftings in your life, they're not about you. Your gifts are not about you. If you're all, ups- all up- uptight about somebody recognizing you and recognizing your gifts, you don't get it because your gifts were given to you for the sake of serving other people. Notice Hebrews 13, verse 16. Don't forget to do good things for others and to share what you have with them. These are the kinds of sacrifices that please God. In fact, the writer says, don't forget. It is so easy to forget to do good things for others. Then Matthew 6, 1 through 4, Jesus said, watch out. Don't do your good deeds publicly to be admired by others, for you will lose the reward from your Father in heaven when you give to someone in need. Don't do as the hypocrites do, blowing trumpets in the synagogues and streets to call attention to their acts of charity. I tell you the truth, they've received all the reward they will ever get. But when you give to someone in need, don't let your left hand know what your right hand's doing. Give your gifts in private And your father who sees everything, what will he do? He will reward you. What is Jesus saying there? Jesus is saying, when you give, when you serve, when you do something for somebody else, don't do it so that the accolades will come back to you. Do it for the sake of them to be blessed. That the only agenda that you have is to be a blessing to other people. When you do that, it makes you bigger and it makes you stronger. Perhaps as you have been listening to today's broadcast, you felt a stirring in your heart, something that reminded you that you need to get something right in your life with God. The first way to start in that journey with God is to open your heart to Jesus Christ, to make Him the Lord of your life, to turn over all your life to Him. And that begins with a very simple prayer. I want to lead you in that prayer right now, and it's a prayer that you can pray right where you are. Say these words, Jesus I invite you into my life today to forgive me of all my sins. I need you. I want you. I want you to take charge of my life. Be my Lord and Savior in Jesus' name. Now, if you just prayed that prayer with me, I want to encourage you with a promise from God's Word that says, when we call on God's name, when we call on the name of His Son, Jesus, there is salvation that is brought to our lives. He changes us from the inside out. And the Bible says that if any person is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things pass away. Behold, all things become new. And that's what's happened to you today as you've opened your heart to Christ. Let me encourage you. You need to take the next step. The next step is to make sure that you get into a good Bible-believing church where you're studying God's Word. And make sure you get a copy of God's Word and begin to read it. Spend some time each day in prayer. You've been listening to the teaching ministry of Practical Living with Dale O'Shield, Senior Pastor of Church of the Redeemer in Maryland. If you would like more information, please visit our website at church-redeemer.org. May God bless you and make you a blessing. Messages that inspire, that give 
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.